Welcome to Breaking Ice and Building Bridges from Possibilities. I'm Kelly Johnson. And I'm Byron Jackson. Glad you're here. Connecting a community through conversation. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Breaking Ice, Building Bridges. Once again, you have the torture of Byron Jackson. Here is your host. And so I have people tied down the chairs because people will not voluntarily come in and talk to me anymore. I don't know why, but you know why. We have wonderful guests today. And I will tell you, just between you, me, we have some wonderful shades of color here today. And I'm not talking my clothing. We just have some wonderful shades of color of people. And that's what I'm always looking for. Colorful, beautiful shades. Of, isn't it great, like, Arturo, how are you? Isn't it great, though, like, people are made. I'm sorry, microphone. But people are made so, like, uniquely and that we all have all these different shades of color. Yeah, diverse. Yes. Do you ever get crayons when you're little? Oh, big time. Yeah. Uh, and the bigger the, the crayon pack, the better. There's so much old, more colors to choose from. Those big old boxes with 2,000 crayons in them. And there's like all these different colors. So that's what we're like today. A big box of crayons. Here are my wonderful guests, the wonderful, beautiful I'll start with Arturo, and t- what's your last name? Alonso. Okay, two first names. So. Yeah, I know exactly. I get that a lot, actually. And I have two last names, so it's Arturo Alonso Sandoval, mm-hmm. and people usually think Alonso is my middle name. Right? Right. I just have two last names. You know that your initials, like, could actually be AA. Yeah, double A. So, do you get many calls from people that are drunk going... I really want a sober ass. <laughs> oh, yeah, the double egg. No, n- not yet, at least. <laughs> I haven't run into that. Hey, I, say, hey, I, I need to quit drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give him the best advice I can give him. But probably not going to be. Call Byron. Right, call Byron, exactly. Call Byron. Call Byron. <laughs> and that, then, that AA is awesome advisor. Yeah. It is. And then Gina Kimberlin. Timberman. Timberman. Yeah. I've had it. I've had all kinds of things. I've had people introduce me as Timberland, Timberwolf. Well, you know why I think Timberland? <laughs> It'd be cool if it were like Timbaland, like the artist. And that's what that I'm would saying. be like more street cred. <laughs> you have street cred. So Timberman. Timberman. Just start producing music. That's why now. I have Timber people. <laughs> oh, that I figured that out. I have, in dedication to you, I I got a plant identifier, and I have been going up to trees. I listened to your first podcast. Gina has her own podcast that she does called The Timber People. And so I've been going up to trees and identifying what they are. Yeah. And so it's just been fascinating. Some, some are like enemies to the state because people. They've been been brought in and they weren't supposed to be brought in. I need to get an identifier because I keep killing some plants. But, you know, that concept of timber as, you know, like fuel, but also, but it really applies to, you know, um, you know, the natural materials that give strength and build and construct, create, you know, provide shelter. That's true. And protect my, if I could, 
Steve will get to you within Carry the next on. within the next two or three hour. But <laughs> at my house, when I moved in, there was um, nothing but fields in the back. So when I cut my grass, I would just throw the clippings over the fence instead of disposing of them properly. And Did you oh, have a neighbor back there? No, there's nothing <laughs> but fields. You must have been really popular. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so trees have grown up all along my fence. So I have all these huge trees that I have caused to be there. So the bad thing is I have to replace my fence. The good thing is my fence used to get blown over by the wind all the time. Yeah. But with the trees there, they protect yeah. my fence. Yeah. And so... There's a metaphor there somewhere. Trees also teach us a lot. You know, you can look at the rings, you know, in a tree and look at growth, maturity, um, look at, you know, kind of their experience. And so people, there are some parallels there symbolically. And dogs pee on them. <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least, my friend with notebook and doing what I can himself, Mr. Steve Warren. What is your middle name? Yes. <laughs> Dean. Is it? Yeah. D-E-A-N? Yep. So I've got some friends from uh, like junior high and high school that, that, that call me Dino. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a couple of people, I guess four or five, that I'm known as Dino to them. That's all they've ever called me for 50 years. Now, you guys, I've known uh, Steve for several years now. But I will tell I will tell you was the thing that fascinated me with Steve. I can talk about you because you're here. Uh, talk about me when I'm not here. <laughs> I won't okay. know. Will you leave? Will you leave? <laughs> but the thing I liked about Steve is so at church, which I haven't been to in several thousand years. Duly noted. But uh, Steve would always go up to um, everyone and say hello and welcome them. And it, that stuck with me so much that I started doing that, too. And you would think that at a church, everyone would do that, but hardly anyone did that. And Steve would be there, and Steve would just, uh, I, I just, so you've just been a great inspiration, and now you feed people. Thanks, Byron. You're an inspiration. Thank you. By the way, I went for the first time to the regional food bank, yesterday i've never and that place is bigger than like three sams yep. it's big and uh they their their food is just a, it's a huge so yeah they got an operation yeah but they could get you to, if you could get them to deliver some food to you if we were much bigger they would even they would uh recognize our presence on earth but we are not big enough for them to recognize us yet but we're working on it. Okay. Operative word is yet. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So you do it. So let's start with Arturo because I know the least about you. What? Why are you here? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. Well, I was invited, I guess. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Um, no, but I'm excited. I'm always, I, I always love learning and talking to people um, because right now, I mean, one of the roles I'm serving on, I'm serving in the state legislature. I'm currently serving as the youngest uh, uh, state representative in um, Oklahoma's legislature, um, representing a district that's predominantly Hispanic. Um, and I love amplifying and uplifting voices and really 
understanding people, building empathy, and trying to see how our state can move in a better direction to really um, put people in the forefront of um, the decisions that we make as a state. Now you're the youngest? Currently, not youngest ever, yeah. So what at what age did you go, you know, I think I could, I wanna do that? Uh, this happened last year, so. But I mean, when did it hit you, like, just to run for office versus be a dog catcher. Yeah, a dog catcher. <laughs> I, I would have made a good dog catcher as well. No, but uh, so this was something I never thought I'd get myself into. Um, last year, there was a group of leaders that reached out to me uh, with the opportunity to run with their support. And at first, I mean, I was, and at this time, I was finishing my last semester at OU and I got my degree in mechanical engineering. So you and your brother, same degree. Yes, yes. we're both engineers, but he's actually practicing engineering and I'm not at <laughs> you're all doing practicing the same thing. Did you ever exactly. attend class for each other since you're twins? Oh yeah. Well, only in high school, only not in college. <laughs> uh, in high school we did and we did get caught every here and there, but the teachers always thought it was funny. <laughs> I wonder, could you do that at the Capitol? Switch oh, out. I don't think anyone would notice. So. You know, I try to keep it on the low that I have a twin. They're right on so top people, of you now, they hurt <laughs> So people don't realize, uh, I think most people, I, I've been trying to do a good job of keeping it on the low that I have a twin brother so that whenever I do send them, they won't know. They you know, they, they catch them off guard. Um, so I'm trying to keep that as much of a secret as possible right now. Your brother will pass all these bills that you, you're against and you get back the next day and go, what the hell? <laughs> your phone starts ringing in the middle of the night from all your constituents. <laughs> Why did you pass this? I don't know. You know, and I thought about making him a subject matter expert in just a specific topic. I'm like, you know, anytime we, had, we talk about that, I'm going to send you in there. <laughs> now, are you married? No, no, I am uh, a single guy, so. Would you would you like to, me to get you dates? Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe a couple years down the line. Right now, uh. We need you? to keep him focused. You know, the, our state needs some really positive direction. Oh, big time. I really, yeah. uh, Representative, I really appreciate your words and the passion with which you speak about serving because not everyone serving our state has that. And we really need that. We have some wonderful people, some great people serving, but our state needs more of that. Oh, no, I completely agree. <laughs> um, and being in there, seeing it in the front lines, I'm like, man, some people. <laughs> well, as a Native person, as a Choctaw woman, I say, Yakoki means thank you. <laughs> Can you say thank that you so again? Yakoki. Yakoki. Mm -hmm. Well, tell me about yourself a little, Yakoki. Well, um, my name is Gina Timberman. I'm Choctaw. My family came to Oklahoma um, during removal, 1830s. Um, From Florida? From Mississippi. From Mississippi. And I, I grew up in Mustang. Um, I um, went to uh, Oklahoma State, graduated from the University of Oklahoma School of Law, and um, my area was um, federal Indian law. I worked in D.C. under um, Janet Reno in the Clinton administration for a bit, and I just loved um, learning about tribal policy and working with tribes and the applications at what it meant for daily life for Indian people. And I knew I'd always want to be in Oklahoma and working with Native communities and building bridges. But uh, I met Kelly Haney in um, 1999. Mm. Um, my beloved, dear, um, late friend, um, God rest his beautiful soul, um, and miss him all the time. But 
I met him and the late Senator Kerr, beloved Senator Kerr as well, and they had a shared bipartisan vision to build a place to tell the story of how Oklahoma, of how tribes came to call what is now Oklahoma home, whether they were indigenous or um, came to Oklahoma under migration or under forced federal removal policies. And so... I really, I've served as the director of a state agency, the Native American Cultural and Educational Authority. Sole mission was to build and operate, um, you know, a, a, an, at the time, an American Indian Cultural Center and Museum to tell that story and a 300, develop a 300-acre site at the crossroads of America, I-35 and I-40. And so, um, you know, going back, it went through many challenges, many beautiful memories and experiences, but some really devastating challenges at times. And it came to a standstill in 2013. I went to go seeking direction. I went to go speak to my late beloved uh, chief, Greg Pyle, of the Choctaw Nation. And, um, you know, people like Sue Folsom and, and other connected people that were connected to our community. And I really wanted to, to serve with purpose, you know, and to, you know, in my, and I was really at a crossroads there myself. Um, and I was encouraged to uh, become involved with our, the planning of our Choctaw Cultural Center, which now uh, we opened right before we opened the first Americans Museum. It's in Durant, Oklahoma. I've just, I was just there yesterday, and it is fantastic. And it is um, just a beacon of pride for myself personally and our culture and family and um, community. And um, I hope everyone gets to see it. But um, I was uh, blessed in 2015 during that similar time to come back and work with great leaders like Governor Anna Tubby and others um, to complete First Americans Museum as a consultant. So I, um, I've been involved in many other things that, you know, I really, I, I do say, you know, I'm, I'm Choctaw, I'm an Indian girl doing Indian things. So I love, um, I've really enjoyed being a part of being a podcaster. Timber People, my podcast is really about learning about people you know, what they're doing, what they're creating, what they're building. You know, people like Timber, they are fuel, they warm, they bring us together, they, um, you know, they, they, they protect us. And so um, anyway, that's a little bit about me. I live here in Oklahoma City, and um, I'm just honored, and it's a pleasure to be here. These will be two great guests to have on your show. I was just thinking that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get, uh, let's go over here to Timberless uh, Steve. And <laughs> Dino. <laughs> Steve, Steve, tell a little about yourself. I know, but just tell from your words uh, how you got to where you are right now. Thank you. You're welcome. That's how I got there. <laughs> um. You know, I, I, of course, I've known Byron for 25, 20, 25 years plus and, and, and watched what he's done um, with possibilities and, and in the community. Uh, and, and I've always been real impressed with that. And, and Byron just has a, a knack for bringing people together and, and just, you know, just a, a warm soul. And, uh, you know, he had invited me to the to possibilities, the PIP program at that time. Uh, several times, and and I, I always, you know, Byron, I have other things to do that weekend. You know, always something else, always something else. But then about, I guess it was about four years ago, five years ago, um, I, I decided, I guess the Holy Spirit was talking to me and said, you know, go to this. 
and, and it was a, a three day weekend that changed my life. Um, you know, I, I didn't go into it with, uh, those kind of thoughts that this is going to be a life changing thing. But while I was there, I met a young lady that, that just really inspired me, uh, cause she lived up on North, uh, the Northeast side of town, Oklahoma city. And, and she was going out once a month making casseroles in, in her kitchen on Sunday and, and taking them out and finding people that, that were hungry. And, uh, you know, I talked to her several times and, and thought, you know, if, if she can do this, you know, why can't I, you know, so, uh, a couple of we a couple of weeks after that, that weekend, you know, I reached out to Cherie and said, you know, let's have lunch together. And we met for lunch and, and I told her, you know, how much she inspired me and, and what, you know, great things she's doing. And then she asked a, a real direct question. Uh, she said, what are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, talk about putting the pressure on, you know, so, uh, so I went home that evening and told my wife, you know, we're going to, we're going to start making some lunches for the homeless. You know, so we started with 25 ham sandwiches, bag of chips, a couple of cookies and some water and a banana, uh, twice a month. And, and we're going around, you know, up and down the alleys and the parks and everywhere we could find them in Norman. Uh, you know, then we boosted it up to 40 and then, you know, then, then the 50 and, and then we realized this making these sandwiches is way too labor intensive. Let's, let's start cooking hot dogs. That's, you know, give everybody a couple of hot dogs. So, so we switched gears and, and started doing hot dogs and, uh, short story long, you know, it just kept going, just kept growing and growing. And, uh, we were out growing our house, you know, we just didn't have this, the space for everything and, and the space to, to actually put it together. So went down to Morningstar storage there on, on 24th in, in Norman, and, you know, thinking how much is a place going to cost me to rent? And they said, if, you know, we'll, we'll donate a place to a nonprofit, you know, all right. So, you know, now we've got a little 15 by 30 storage building that is packed. And currently we're doing 160 lunches every Sunday. We're doing 75 breakfasts on Tuesday and 96 breakfasts on Wednesday. So, uh, you know, it just keeps growing and, and keeps growing and people keep uh, just getting in my way. I can't get around them that they want to help. And, I mean, God just keeps putting people there that, uh, you know, I have to, to thank, um, you know, John Daly and Major Ed, part of the Lion Foundation, um, you know, gave us our first grant, um, which I'm, you know, just beyond grateful uh for what they've done for us and uh and, and the help that they've um you know promoted us in in their circles which is just huge but uh you know right now we're you know uh, I'm just all about the business of I want churches involved I want civic organizations involved I want families involved I want you know Everyone that I can get, I want to come and help us put lunches together. And my big thing is I want parents to bring children. And I don't care if they're little kids that all they can do is scribble on a sack. You know, that's their artwork. But if I think that if parents 
will start bringing their little children out there to volunteer. And if they'll be consistent on bringing the kids out and showing them what we're doing, then by the time these kids become adults, we're going to have a much stronger community because it's going to be instilled in them. I've got to give back to people that are less fortunate than me. But we've got uh, some families that it's just, it's just so heartwarming that it, when you see a mother standing there, you know, we have all these sacks lined up and and you see a mother and she's holding, you know, like a tray of, of, of say, peaches and, and their, you know, seven-year-old son is going one at a time, taking it off the tray and putting it in a sack one at a time. It may be slow, but it's teaching the kid. And, and the mom and the kid are working together for a, you know, a purpose. And, and it's just so heartwarming to, to me to watch that. But then also, you know, we've got churches that'll, that'll volunteer. We've got restaurant that volunteers. We've got lots of people. But then I, I want a Sunday where people come to put lunches together and nobody knows anybody. Yeah. And that way, by the time that they leave, you know, an hour later, they're going to leave and they're going to know somebody. So there we go, building bridges. We built a bridge between two communities that possibly never would have met. Right. And also, if I can get churches, because, you know, you go to a church and they and you'll, 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 you're at the Baptist church. Well, those Presbyterians down the street, you know, and the Presbyterians are down there saying the same thing. Those Baptists down the street. But if we can get them together. Simple little thing, let's put lunches together and let's just have a good time, enjoy each other's company. Then they're going to come together and say, you know, we're a lot closer than we thought we were. Yeah, it's that deleting that us versus them mentality. Yeah, we're all here together. So, you know, that's uh, some of the direction that we're trying to go. And uh, it's baby steps and a little bit at a time. Thank you. I'm going to throw a word out to you guys. Tell me first thing pops in your head. When I say the word, ready for the first word? Start with you, Arturo. Joy. Joy? Well, I think a lot about my family. I guess that's not a specific person, but um, if I could think of one specific person, no, like the first You don't person, have to no? be a okay. person, it could be your family. Yeah. No, I mean, my family gives me joy, and um, they've contributed so much to me and being who I am right now. And um, I'm super grateful for them. They give me joy. So that's the first. Thank you. Steve? Um, I, I think this time of year you say joy, I'd have to say Easter. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Trina? I have to say um, seeing my baby niece, you know, like despite all of the hard things, you know, with the, you know, the museum and finishing fam, um, the joy that I saw seeing her, like she was just starting to walk this incredible video of her kind of going through, we have this uh, mezzanine with uh, a loan from the Smithsonian's National Museum of the American Indian. There's something about the lighting, there, but I think she could also feel my energy of just feeling so happy that we finally opened the museum that um, she, uh, while she could barely walk, she would get up and run and fall down and she was giggling and laughing and squealing with delight. And that to me was joy. Thank you. So who do you think of when you think of the word joy? 
Or what do you think of? Thanks, El Toro. Thank you, right? <laughs> right? Hey, I think of... You beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think of um, inner peace. And so so my, my philo- personal philosophy... Actually, last night we had this kind of discussion about this. So I used to think that my happiness was about achieving my goals. But I have realized that my happiness is about my happiness and my goals will fall into place. And so, um, so now my question, I know this is a lot, but my answer is much more, what things do I have in my life to take my joy away? And so trying to uh, remove those things. So are you equating happiness and joy in the same glass or on the same plate? Yes, but I guess, but not in the way that, you know, like I'm giddy, happy all the time with a smile on my face, but joy in terms of I am like grateful for, you know, I'm grateful for what's happening to me and that I realized this is a gift. More of an inner peace. Yes. I was just thinking like I would associate for me personally, I associate, I'm glad you say that. I almost associate uh, peace with happiness and joy with like a sense of like exuberance or of uh, rejoice maybe. I don't know. Or like, I don't know. Yeah. See, I think of. It's a good question. Of course I can. I can think one time of joy this way, another time this way, another this way, but but I think of joy as more of a more of an inner peace kind of thing, yeah. of you know where where you are in your lot in life, if that makes sense. Um, you know, are you content with your lot in life? And not that you don't still have dreams and aspirations that that you want to do better. Well, most of the time, what pops in my head first is dissatisfaction with my lot in life. And so what I, my work is, how do I reach that peace where I'm, I'm peaceful with the lot that I have. I don't need yeah. to be. Yeah. And one thought that it just kind of comes to my mind, I mean, thinking about joy and peace. And I know the other day I was kind of just sitting in my office and I was like thinking to a lot about the future or a lot about some previous events. Um, and then I was like, wait a second, but like, let me just focus on the now, like yeah, focus on the yeah, being yeah, present, yeah, being mindful. Yeah. And I think in that moment, I was able to kind of find some joy in that because like, hey, like regardless of what happened or what's, might happen in the future. Um, I'm here right now. This moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're interconnected circles instead of like separate pieces. And and you brought up the word gratitude. I think that is something for me. Um, You know, I try to begin my day or end my day with thinking of peace, things that, you know, which I'm grateful. And that is a moment kind of founding, you know, opportunity in that moment. This is amazing. I could... uh... I could talk to some people and go, this is like the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and that we could be looking at exactly the same thing and they could go, this really sucks. Look at this. <laughs> this isn't right over there and this isn't right. 
And I realize it's all perspective. Yeah. And that is how we choose to see the world. And, you know, if you see, you know, and so my goal is to see the world in a much uh, more joyful place. Even though I have like the news and people screaming at me that it's terrible and that we're all going to just die any second. And I go, no, you know, this is pretty good. The yeah. birds are eating. My kids are laughing. Yeah. You know, your family's here. Yeah. So we're seeing the joy in everything. Yeah. 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 You know, our wind here changes like, you know, so much, you know, so easily. I think our oh, minds exactly. are like that too. Oh, that's a great our analogy. Our perspectives are like that too. You know, it's like, huh. You should do a book on like metaphors. Yeah. That was pretty good. Oh, thank you. I'm like, I'm glad we have it recorded because I don't have anything to write. No, but uh, I, want, I, I want credit. <laughs> so if you do a book. Oh, yeah. Transpiring. Heck, I'd feel much better if we did, you know, like one of those books where it's a collaboration and we pick different people to each write their own chapter on that oh, topic. Oh, now, that that, now we're good. talking. Could mine be R-rated? <laughs> I'm sure it would be. <laughs> like 50 Shades of Grace time? Yeah, no, 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 no. no just, just so I could like just Wait, like. Did I come to the right podcast today? I just curse like a sailor. So uh, I do want to bring up something. Um, Although our time is almost set. Yeah. He's not looking at me, so, you know. You got, <laughs> no. you so I wanna, I, okay, okay, Steve. I'm resisting not calling you, not calling you Dina. You can call me whatever you <laughs> Thank want, Thank you. <laughs> so, Steve, uh, I love you have um, a shirt on and your materials doing what I can. And that really speaks to me because um, you mentioned in your story, in your um, shared story about your experience, um, you know, what are you waiting for? And I think so many people, and I think there's a lot of this is rooted in so many cultures and communities of how they got to Oklahoma with historic trauma of, you know, someone telling them what they had to do. So we're waiting for someone to, you know, so I think it's important to bring that up when we're talking about different cultural or community perspectives of what are you waiting for? But I love that doing what I can, because that that's even about sovereignty and the power of the individual to make a difference, you know. But I oftentimes say, uh, if not you, then who? And so that really speaks a language to me that uh, I really think is powerful. And I think people, I, you know, it's 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 a conversation starter. And so I really appreciate um, well, you. your brand. Well, I, I've, you know, I came up with that that name one afternoon sitting at my desk when I was supposed to be working, but I was thinking of other things. But I came up with that because, you know, doing what I can. You know, we've got a couple of, of retired ladies that are shut-ins that decorate sacks for us, mm -hmm. that they can't get out. And, and they would love to help in, in all kinds of different things around the community, but they can't. Right. But if, if they can do this, if they could just right. decorate the sacks for us, that is a huge thing for us, and it makes them feel part of it. But then so many times... He's waving his fingers here. <laughs> but so many times, the only people that get the recognition is the large donors. Right. You know, and it, it's all about me. It's all about me. I give so much money. You know, look at me. But doing what I can mm -hmm. gives just as much recognition to the ladies that are doing the sacks, to the guy that can only give, you know, $5 or $1. I had a homeless guy that I see periodically. You know, over the last several years, I've seen him a couple times, you know, several times a year, I guess. But he knows me. I know him. Uh, 
couple of months ago. I mean, he came up to me after I gave him a lunch and he was over here and he comes back up. He had one dollar and he said, I want to give you this dollar to help with your costs. It's about be feeling connected to yeah. the collective. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, uh, and I have many other questions. I will save Byron one moment, please. Uh, I will save for my podcast because I have a lot of good questions for you and I know you'll answer them in beautiful ways. But, um, you know, I do think it is important for, and volunteers do not get enough recognition mm -hmm. and um, it's important. It's important. So thank you. The, doing what I can. I'm trying to end this on time. I want to thank you guys. This has went very quickly, didn't it? Perfect. Well, you know. I feel like for it, it always feels like five blinks and it's over. It's <laughs> like this is over. Arturo, Steve, Gina, thank you guys very much. This is Byron. Santiago, we're out. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Connecting a community through conversation. Breaking Ice, Building Bridges is the Possibilities Community Podcast Platform. Thanks for tuning in.